Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Sunshine Week is coming right up this year from March 11th to 17th. Sunshine Week? Is that about solar energy or tanning competitions or college spring break? Nope. Actually, it's a time to focus on access to government information by citizens and the press. It's called Sunshine Week because Louis Brandeis, one of our most famous Supreme Court justices, once wrote in an article, actually before he was even on the Supreme Court, that, quote, publicity is justly commended as a remedy for social and industrial diseases. Sunlight is said to be the best of disinfectants. Electric light, the most efficient policeman, end quote. In other words, the best way to hold people accountable for their actions is to be able to see clearly what they're doing. And this is especially true of government action in our representative system of government. Fine, you may say, that sounds very laudable, but what does it have to do with the digital world? The answer, a lot, and more and more each day. We've all heard at one time or another someone say that you can find anything on the internet. It seems like that's true sometimes, but that's not true of lots of government-generated information that we taxpayers paid for. You may recall that within hours of Mr. Trump's swearing in, entire sections of the Environmental Protection Agency's website dealing with climate change simply disappeared. Or you may be aware of the conversation going on in Maine right now about whether filings in court cases that are available to anyone who goes to a state courthouse should be available on the Internet as well. Or you may have heard that the Federal Bureau of Land Management has decided to make it much more difficult and costly for citizens to get information about the Bureau's activities through the Freedom of Information Act. Whatever one's opinion about those specific issues, and there are many, many more, both on the federal level and here in Maine, restricting access to governmental records, meeting notes, documents, and reports produced at taxpayer expense by hundreds of agencies, how our money is being spent, and on and on, is certainly not bringing light, the best disinfectant, to the often shadowy workings of government. In the age of the web, There's no reason that almost all government activity cannot be transparently available to all of us, whether we go to a courthouse during working hours, or drive to Augusta to attend a hearing, or are able to find it on the web. Technology can clear away clouds and shine the light that citizens need to make informed decisions if, and this is proving to be a big if with current administrations, on both the federal and the state levels, if government agencies live up to not only the spirit of open access to government information, but to the specific laws that mandate that access. Sunshine Week is a good time to think about how much we really do know, and even can know, about what's being done in our names by those who are supposedly representing us. Mosey on over to sunshineweek.org for more information and see what you think. But that's not really what this episode of The Electronic Cottage is supposed to be about. Today, it's time to think about money. No, we're not asking for your money, although it is always welcome to help support your community radio station. 
No, instead, let's stop a moment and think about the dollar bills or coins or even the debit card that are in most people's pockets or purses as they move through their days. Just what are those bills or coins or pieces of plastic really worth today? What do they mean? A hundred years ago, a dollar was backed by gold, which meant that anyone could take a paper dollar bill, which was easier to carry around than physical gold, to any bank and get a set amount of physical gold in exchange. The paper money was equivalent to and transferable to gold. That ended in 1933 during the Great Depression when the U.S. went off the gold standard. Listeners of a certain age may remember seeing dollar bills that had, quote, silver certificate written on them. In theory, a person could turn those in for actual silver at a set exchange rate. But that standard went away in 1963. So what makes a dollar worth anything today? The answer is pretty simple. A dollar is worth a dollar because the government says it is. And people agree to use those Federal Reserve notes, as they're called, quote, for all debts, public and private, end quote. In other words, our currency today is really not a physical thing. It does not represent gold or silver, or, as in the South Seas not too many centuries ago, yams. Our currency is what we call fiat money. Fiat is from the Latin, which literally means, quote, let it be done. And fiat is defined as, quote, an arbitrary decree or pronouncement, especially by a person or group of persons having absolute authority to enforce it, end quote. Interesting, you might say, but what does that have to do with our digital world? Can you say Bitcoin? At this point, we've probably all heard of Bitcoin, which is simply another form of fiat money, a wholly digital form. As many of us have also probably heard, Bitcoins are backed by no government, by no large insurance company, by no bank. In fact, Bitcoins are backed by one thing and one thing only trust. Bitcoins are created by very complicated cryptographic processes which guarantee that the Bitcoin is exactly what it says it is, that it can't be tampered with without the tampering being evident, and that there is a non-centralized and searchable chain to any transaction that takes place using Bitcoins. There is no such thing as a counterfeit Bitcoin. The ups and downs of the value of bitcoins have been a bit of a roller coaster ride, but the advent of this cryptocurrency has potentially huge implications for our daily lives, not only because of the currency itself and its growing acceptance as a method of payment, but because of the technology that underlies the creation and trustworthiness of bitcoins. That technology is called blockchain. And it could change the way we buy and sell, even make contracts, cutting out a lot of middlemen who will go the way of the corner travel agent in the age of online air travel bookings. This all sounds, of course, a bit vague, and we'll try to bring cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and the blockchain technology that underlies them into sharper focus, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. (music) 